Welcome back to the Baron of Beverage. Uh, we have a very special tasting uh, for uh, ourselves today, but before I get to that, I'd like to introduce a couple people here to taste with me. Uh, family members, you may recall my dad, El Jefe, from much earlier podcast talk and cocktails that we made. Dad, say hello. Thanks for being here, Jay. I'm looking forward to it. Thank Wonderful. Welcome. And my brother Matthew, as I spoke earlier in the podcast, a younger brother uh, of a baron would be known as uh, the, the Honorable or the On, but I'm from Baltimore, so I'm just going to call him the Hun, because, you know, that's what we say. We say, hey, Hun. So, hey, Hun, how's it going? Going well. Thanks for having me. It's always fun to make my podcast debut with the baron. So, we're here today in uh, G Vegas, Greenville, South Carolina, for Thanksgiving, and um, just so happens that last Thanksgiving, prior to that, I was gifted a bottle of Old Fitzgerald 101 from a member of uh, the club where I work, and they said they just don't drink anymore, and it's just been sitting around, and it was a very, very old bottle, um, and I brought it down last Thanksgiving to uh, open up and enjoy, and <laughs> we never got around to it. So uh, when a a uh, just-released uh, bottle of Old Fitzgerald came my way earlier this fall, um, I thought we were in luck, and we could taste them side by side. So we're uh, we're here today to do that. I'm going to invite um, the the Hun to do some pouring as we go. But uh, I'll start by starting to tell this a little more about the story about how the old Fitzgerald 101 came into my um, into my possession. I guess is the right way to put it. It's kind of its provenance. So uh, the member. Just gave it to me, and I thought to myself, and Matt is uh, cutting open the, the seal there. It's you'll see pictures. It's you know it's all intact. We're a little concerned about how it might open um, because of its age. It's what Dad you say nearly forty years old. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, at least we were all alive when this was made, is our belief. So uh, we very good. Cork still intact. Mm-hmm. Lovely. We'll take a picture of that later. That's great. Um, and so I can smell, I can smell it from you here. Smell it from here. Yeah, yeah. So it's been, you know, sitting in the members, and he, mm. she said, "I know uh, you enjoy bourbon." So we, uh, I'm going to take a whiff. Oh my gosh! It's it smells been, incredible. It's been sealed for right. forty years. Forty years, and it's intense. Like, and I get like caramel, banana, and nutmeg and just right there immediate in that order in that order mm. well, it lights up the whole table yeah as soon as you, you open it i could and i'm uh, you know a couple feet away from my nose i mean noses and i could smell it yeah beautiful nose and that's without even pouring it in the glass you know, Glen Karen or? um yeah let's do the Glen Karen for this so um we're so I, so I, 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 I got it. I, I didn't know what it was. I mean, it, it's an 80s-style square decanter. You know, you don't know how how good it is or may be. But I thought, oh, I'll just snap a picture of this and send it to my brother Matt. He has a lot of connections uh, with others who, um, who collect bourbon. Uh, so I sent it off to him to be like, hey... Uh, what do you? What can you tell me about this bottle? I mean, it, it seems old. Maybe it's from the seventies or the eighties. And um, Matt uh, sent a picture of the box and the bottle to his contact. And what did they say, Matt? Yeah, he's uh, 
a friend of mine who runs a whiskey-based charity, he actually has this bottle in his collection. And he said that uh, based on the bottle and decanter and labeling, it was mid-1980s. Mid-1980s. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that mid-1980s is an interesting period. It's near the end of the original Sitzel Weller distillery. So, I mean, the history of Old Fitzgerald goes back all the way to uh, 1870. And when it was first made, um, it was actually made as a, as a whiskey to be sold to private clubs and cruise ships. Um, and it wasn't sold commercially and uh, available. And it wasn't until um, early 1900s that it began to, uh, to be sold, um, you know, just in stores. As you guys know, so you can talk more about it. It is gorgeously deep, kind of mahogany colored. It's it generates a great deal of uh, odor, doesn't it? Great deal of aromatics. Aromatics, yes. I mean, like really. I mean, as you swirl it, Matt, like you see, like those ready, ruddy tones in the. Spirit, it's well, and what's surprising too is it's like it had some evaporative loss in the bottle, it's a hundred and one proof, and it doesn't hit you in the nose like a hundred and one proof, it's no. very like muted and like silky. You know, it allows you right. to enjoy the aromatics because you're not trying to overcome the high proof, right? Well, and one of the things I do anyway to. to to do that is I keep my mouth open and I actually inhale through my mouth instead of my nose and it triggers the olfactory nerve from inside the mouth versus burning through your nostril. You don't even need to do that. I'd say it's very, right, first off, the first sip is very smooth for 101 proof. Very smooth. And very, very delicate. Very, very excellent. I'm, I'm just in awe of how much um, fruit is on the center of that bourbon. It's like full of cherries. Yeah. I mean, and it's got, it's got some of the other things coming around, but the mid palate is like all fruit. It's all those like cherries, dark cherries. Ah, that's delicious. Um, talk a little bit more about what it tastes like, but the, so the original Sitzel Weller distillery, where this came from, was uh, where Old Fitzgerald became produced, uh, made famous. And, and what really changed the t- direction of this was Pappy Van Winkle partnered with Weller, as most people know. And it was his influence that took out the rye and added the wheat to this bourbon. Um, and that was before Van Winkle went off and did his own projects with Weller and then Van Winkle, which everybody can talk about on their own or different podcasts. But it's almost one of the things about Old Fitzgerald is a lot of people say this was pre Pappy Van Winkle Van Winkle because it was his influence, his whisper of wheat, as it's called, 
that changed the whole direction of this bourbon. Um, and so in 92, um, that distillery was shut down and seven years later they sold the name, um, and rights to old Fitzgerald to Diageo did to, um, Heaven Hill, Heaven Hill and Heaven Hill shortly thereafter, um, decided they wanted to relaunch, uh, this historic line through old Fitzgerald bottle and bond. And they started on that project shortly thereafter around 2002 or so to start to, um, release later on down the road uh, because all of them have been aged. You know, the old Fitzgerald, if you look at them, it's basically like 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, 17 years. When you look at the older ones, because there used to be old Fitzgerald and very old Fitzgerald and very, very old Fitzgerald. And it, it you know, it was, it was almost comical. Um, but this is a stunning whiskey to my mind. It's incredibly smooth. And part of that might be its age. I haven't drank a lot of older spirits sitting in the bottle. Older being? Older meaning unopened, yeah. sitting around decades, bottle-aged. Bottle yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's very different from a modern whiskey. It really is. And you find yourself wanting to just uh, breathe it all in before you even sip it. It's just, it seems like you want to just handle as much aromatics before you have every single sip. It's very, very good. Well, you want to keep enjoying the finish, right? It, yes. it, it does have a very nice, beautiful finish. It almost comes across um, with some cognac kind of elements to it as well. It's it's just I'm glad you mentioned it. Awesome. I agree with that. And kind of just chew on it for a while. Right. It's almost a shame we have another bottle to open. Yes, it is. Right, it's not, hon? It's not a shame. It's not a shame. It's not a shame. All right. Well, hon, please let's uh, let's I crack think I'm that one set open this next aside door. No, we we and, should and close the evening with that one. You know, huh? it's so delicious. We make you can, you're welcome to do that. Uh, we can like put a little coaster on it and kind of hold things in for you. Um, and we're, but yeah, no, and there's no the, the whole idea here is a, a rare opportunity to taste these side by side. Something wrong, Matt? No, just reading. This one was from. Fall of 2004. Right, so that would have been when they started that one, right? Yep, and it was bottled in spring of 2022. There you go. Well, look, also intact. <laughs> Slightly bad condition. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so the, this new iteration, you know, same, you know, Mashville recipe. Um, really? Same yep, mash. And they are... Their whole process on this one is they want to try to re re recreate the past um, as much as they can. So that's why I thought this side by side thing could be oh very fascinating. Yeah, ex exactly. It, you know, not and 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 not something just. I, I doubt any of our listeners are probably able to do it. There would be the rare ones who'd be able to. I guess your your friend might be able to to recreate this, and this is a. This is why we wanted to share something like this with our listeners, because you, the chances of finding the, you know, mid-80s old Fitzgerald are so low, and for most people, so expensive, they just don't have someone Thank walk you. in and hand them a, a bottle, right? Yeah, right. This is, that's like a bottle searcher right there. Kind of. And um, and so, 
And so the idea is maybe we can give people who can get their hands on the more modern version right. put out by Heaven Hill, we can give them perspective of how similar it in might the, be. And the value of right. it from a taste standpoint. Also very mild, I mean, mild nose for high proof. To me, uh, of course, I have a pretty poor smeller, but it doesn't seem quite as aromatic as the other. But I, I don't think they're. I don't I think they're right. I don't think the bouquet is as intense. Yeah, no. It's not as round as the other one. Not it's a little it, harsh around the edge. I think intense was the the, the correct word for me. Well, I mean, not that that really matters. Maybe you could always sniff the other one yeah, next to it. This this is like when you say this, the old. The one circa, circa 1980s. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, given we're doing this podcast on Thanksgiving Day, it's like all the the warm Thanksgiving spices, and then in the younger one, I, don't know, I get like a little more, a little less of the caramel and the spice, and a little more, almost like an earth tone to it. Well, I'm finding myself searching for it. But I think, Dad, I'm gonna be honest. We put you at a slight disadvantage. We we give you a, a a less closed nose on your glass, so bouquet might be harder in that glass. It could be, yes. I want to. I, I think no. I think that's an excellent. It's a point. little brighter though. It is. I just took a sip. This is totally a brighter. It's a much more. I mean, it is a modern bourbon in that it's. It's not young in the sense that it's been, um, but it's still fairly smooth for right. oh, as young as it is. No, right? No, I mean, as I, modern I, as it what is. I want to say is it's it's not young in the sense that it's it's seventeen years old, right? But it's it's um, it's young in the sense that it's um, yeah. But the one hundred and one was in grad school when this bourbon was <laughs> right. But I guess what I mean is it's 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 more it's more similar in flavor profile to other bourbons I've had that are just even even just released on the market, like mm -hmm. a, another Heaven Hill one, like a Larceny. It's got more akin to a Larceny you, than the Sitzel Weller does. Are you saying does that, that make sense? Being a senior citizen, are you saying that there's something to aging that gives a, a, uh, an improvement of um, certain things? Certainly more fruitiness. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I mean, and, and look, don't get me wrong. It's, uh, it's, it's a delicious bourbon and the, I agree with you. There is, there, there's less spices on the nose of the, of the current iteration and. Well, I, I it's, it's been sitting in my glass, which is not the appropriate glass to, to use, but it seems as it sits here and it's swirled and. I've tasted it. There, it seems either it's the combination of the taste and the uh, and the aromatics, but it seems to improve to me. It definitely has spice when you get it in your mouth. Though. Yes, it does yeah. have spice. You just don't get it up front. That, yes, you don't. Like, there's almost even hints of like anise in it. Ani oh, really? Star anise? Yeah. Star anise. I didn't want to go so far as to say licorice, but it's just like a little bit of. And this one is a more honeyed fruit, you know, honeyed sweetness than the, than the Sitzel Weller. 
yeah, you get the dark, like aged, like almost raisiny out of the the one hundred and one. Right. And there's an there's an interesting one of the interesting things about the aromatic going back to the the one hundred and one uh, is that. It kind of comes across also a little bit like a, a tawny port or a Madeira on the nose. And I think that has to be from yeah, the aging yeah, quality yeah, of sitting be. in the bottle. Yeah, to take a sip of the young one, and om- not immediately, but almost immediately after you finish that sip, go for the nose of the old one. No, no. This is the new one. I, I, sip I, I already did, okay. just did he, that. He, he already did the sip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just did it a and moment. You, and you pick up all of that, like... Yes candied, you know, fruits. Mm. Wow, that is, you really sense all the differences. And and we thought about maybe having some, you know, limestone water to add to these, but I don't need that. No, um, you, that, no, you don't. I don't, I don't. I don't need it, but I am interested what proofing it down would taste like. Well, we have that option. I'm afraid it will ruin the 101. We can always start with the younger one. Okay. Yeah, let's, we'll proof, see, it. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, see if let's it proof down it the younger one and see what happens. So one of the reasons we use uh, water, and, not, and this, this particular, this is the limestone water from Kentucky, so it's a lot of the same, same similar water source as is used when distillers, yes, as when distillers use to proof down. Because none of these, if it comes out at 101 or if it's coming out at 100 or... Unless it says, you know, barrel proof, it's what it comes out, you know, it's what they proof down to and what a distiller thinks is going to be, you know, master distiller usually when they proof it down um, is proofing it to a place where they think it's going to be the most flavorful. But that doesn't mean it's most flavorful for an individual. Well, and they like the limestone for like, it gives it a little bit smoother, rounder mouthfeel. You know, it's, it's like even modern bottled waters like Dasani and whatever put electrolytes back into it to change the mouthfeel. And so when they're proofing down their bourbon or, or their whiskey, they like it because it gives it that, it kind of smooths out some of the rough edges. Sometimes. So the, the concept here is the expression of bourbon and branches. It's just an expression. Do you know, happen to know the origin of branch used in this instance, you know? Branch water, it was the branch of the, um, my understanding was the branch of the creek that came off to the distiller. And so there was branch water, it came off of the main, of that particular, the main body of water mm-hmm. that would feed into their, into their um, distillery. 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 <laughs> so, um, yeah, and not ice because we're not going to try to chill it down, we're not going to try to change... Well, our our that, taste perceptions from a sweeter standpoint. And so you put in there probably what a maybe a quarter, quarter ounce, quarter ounce, full. yeah, quarter of an ounce maybe. We can measure it later and tell you. Well, the nose is now a little more floral and fruity than. Yeah, it was I think before. it's an improvement, really. It does open up. It does. I mean, it definitely makes it more approachable. Mm-hmm. Maybe it lifted off the the nose a little bit and concentrated it. I I think you know at the end of our 
appraisal of the 101, you mentioned a word that's like a cognac in terms of body and, and, and smoothness. And that would maybe be a way to this, this tastes more like a whiskey, whereas that tastes like a, a high quality Armanac or, or, or cognac, cognac or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When this tastes like a high quality whiskey. This is, I, I find for me, it's a little too rounded out now. I can mute some of it. Yep. It's almost like uh, if you if you've ever been cooking and you're like uh, you're making like a chicken scallopini thing and you're pounding out your chicken breast. You know, if you pound it out too much, it starts to kind of fray on the edges. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just gotten to the point where it's starting to fray along the edges. And I'm not saying I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't use this again, but I may, I mean, there's two things here. We, we did measured pours one ounce of each. We took a couple sips and we added this, right? So I might change the proportion um, when I would do it again. Yeah, who sips heavy, who sips light? Right. Um, so for my mind, I think for my for my, whatever my ratio is, it's a little little too much gone uh, past the proofing I would want on a low end. But it's not bad. It's you know not at all. I mean, we still cook the frayed chicken. You know, breast and yeah, still enjoy it. I would have said like your your favorite sweater. It's frayed around the edges, but you still wear it. <laughs> well, I was going with the analogy I already made up. Fair. Mm. It's a, nothing wrong with either of these. The color, though, you're looking so at them different. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, the the and uh, describe the color difference, Matt. This is almost like I need a. This being the younger, meaning the newer iteration. Right. So the younger one's almost, I mean, proof down, it's almost pale yellow. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and that's maybe an unfair advantage to the to the 101, because I haven't proofed it down. In the bottle, they look pretty close. They do. But, I mean, this one's, this one reminds me of, like, um, the perfect shade of brown around the edges when you, like, roast marshmallows for s'mores that dark, you know, which then plays into the flavor profile. Mm. Well, I, I, we could, we could sip these a while and chat a while longer and we certainly can, but I think we've shared enough with our listeners and we wish them a happy holiday season. And I will say gentlemen, cheers. Here's to uh, two generations of old Fitzgerald and two generations of Bittners. Yep. Here, 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 here. Cheers.